Welcome to Weight Loss for Busy CRNA Moms. If you are a CRNA, a busy mom, or a busy CRNA mom, or a woman looking to permanently lose weight, this podcast is for you. I'm your host, Brittany Kolb from Weight Loss by Brittany. I'm a busy CRNA mom and certified life and weight loss coach. And like you, I not so long ago struggled to lose the weight and keep it off. But once I shifted my mindset and learned how I could use my brain to reach my weight loss goals, everything changed. I was able to lose 40 pounds and knew I had to share the secret with others. I'm here to help you achieve your permanent weight loss goals by uncovering what might be holding you back. Let's get started. Hey guys, welcome to the podcast. I am so glad you are here. Um, This is going to be a long one. So like buckle up and get ready because I have been working on this particular podcast for quite some time now. Um, And it's going to be a lot of information. It's going to be a lot of just raw truth. And, you know, to be honest, it's like I have done a lot of work on my brain and a lot of work through coaching. And I have had several breakthroughs that I really wanted to share with you on this podcast with hopes that they might help move you forward in places where you might be stuck. I know for me, like this is the places, these are the places where I was very stuck felt very spinny and needed to um, find a way to move forward. And coaching was the way to do that for me. And so, um, so let's start here. Let's start here because there's no better place to start. So what I've always wanted in my life is connection to other humans that are important to me and to feel safe and secure, to feel and express my emotions and my true desire desires without threatening my attachment to those humans. Like this is normal human function. We are all kind of wired for love and connection. And so I spent most of my child life, youth life, college life, young adult life, even most of my like adult life kind of creating stories around what prevented that connection, safety, and security. Things like my parents being too busy or that I was overscheduled or my parents being too stressed or too tired from our lives or my parents worrying about money or my parents not caring. Like all of these stories, things that I created which in my brain, which seemed so real to me at the time. And with all the work that I've done on like, again, coaching and trauma, I've realized these these stories kind of served me well as a child, because the alternative thought, which is like, they don't care, or they don't know how to connect, seems way more scary than the excuses I made up to protect me. And again, all of these are stories. Like I've made, I've, if you've listened to my, any, any of my other podcasts, like I've made peace with my family. I love, my parents are amazing. I love them so, 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 so much. They, I feel so deeply connected to them now. Um, and I have no resentment or blame at all towards them, but I just want to like clear that up. But again, we tell these stories to ourselves. And so these stories that I have, I have told myself over the course of my life, these things that I, that I thought were truths, the thoughts that I had running through my brain have actually shaped the way that I've created my life. For example, I told myself that I wanted enough money 
to not to have to work as much so I could spend time with my kid and to create opportunities for connection. I only wanted one child so I could pour all of my energy into that child so he never had to feel the way I felt growing up. I tried to control all of the circumstances to be able to create whatever feeling I was looking for and to avoid my child feeling the same emotional discomfort I felt, right? So I created this life and I thought that if I can have the circumstances that if that that I thought I would that would be ideal to create what I was looking for, then I could be happy. And then my kid won't be sad. As if I could like control his emotions. Right. I, I this is all like pre-coaching. Like this is all things that I like did pre-coaching. And now I'm like, oh wow, like these are the breakthroughs that I've had in coaching, realizing what I was creating for myself. Right. So I'll give an example of how this like totally backfired on me recently. I recently kind of got out of work a little bit early and a rep had brought in some cookies. So I thought, this is great. I'm going to surprise my kid by getting him earlier than he expected. And I'm going to bring him a cookie that he loves. And as if like, if I bring him a surprise cookie and get off work early and pick him up early, thinking about how happy and excited he's going to be and what a nice and connected afternoon we're going to have. But lo and behold, I go and pick him up with all these like high expectations. And he's like pissed because it's not like the cookie you wanted or like the size cookie you wanted. And as if, again, like I thought I could control his happiness and joy with circumstances. And I just can't. He had his own thoughts about it. He was in his own model. And honestly, his his outburst at the end of the day probably had nothing to do with the cookie at all. <laughs> it probably had to do with something that he had, you know, going on at school that day. But like I say this because it's like he is going to live in his 50-50, his 50% positive and 50% comfortable and 50% uncomfortable emotions in his life regardless of the circumstance. We are going to live in that 50-50. And I am here to help him navigate all of it and live through all of it. So I came to figure out the joy and connection is available regardless of the present circumstance. Like I can find it. I can create it. I can also be there through any discomfort my child might face because his life will not be without emotional discomfort and that's okay. It's not supposed to be. What's important is that he knows that he'll be loved and supported no matter what he is going through. So he knows he isn't alone even in those most uncomfortable feelings. So the stories we tell ourselves, like, I want you to take a closer look at what we're creating from those thoughts and stories, okay? Because now I want you to understand, I think I have created a beautiful life. I have a beautiful family. But I've also made decisions about my beliefs around my ability to be a good mother on how much time or resources that I have. And the decisions that I've made from these thoughts have shaped my life in ways that have permanently changed the structure of our family moving forward. It has shaped my life, my husband's life, my kid's life, and the life of our family in ways that I am now dealing with. And after hours and hours and hours of coaching, I now realize, again, that the availability of time, money, or a world without stressors does not create happiness or connection or joy or security or a safe place to feel emotions. All of that can exist in any environment regardless of the circumstance. I have the ability to create that with my family always and to note 
I've also made peace with the decisions that we've made. I made the best decisions that were available to me at the time. I love our family. I love the life we've created. I'm so lucky to have the family that we have. I'm so, and I'm, I'm certain that this is exactly the way it was supposed to be. Um, it's, I've, I've come to terms with all of that. It just, it's amazing to me to see how my life has been shaped by the thoughts that I have, that I had, and that I held on to so, so tightly. And when I started to unravel those a little bit, it's like, it just makes me wonder what kind of life I could have created had I had different thoughts and different beliefs. So telling you guys heavy stuff, I'm like going to cry right now. So until I came upon this realization, I was not creating what I wanted to, right? So I had the time, I had the resources, I had the framework in place, and I was sure I would, it would lead to the connected family I was looking for. But instead, the time I did spend was more physical presence than emotional. I was so stuck in my own head, worrying about controlling everything, worrying about how my kid was feeling, how I was doing as a mother, judging myself, questioning my decisions, wondering what my kid was doing in his brain, wondering what he thought of our relationship, right? And that wasn't actually creating the connection that I wasn't, that I wanted, okay? I wasn't the safe and secure space my kid needed. I wasn't even emotionally available like the way I wanted, right? I was physically there and I was emotionally absent. And I was wasting the time that I did have. And when we spend all of our time worrying about avoiding, I think making our kids feel the way that we felt, we never actually show up the way that we want to. And I don't think we had the capacity at the time to understand what led to the emotional absence or the avoidant, or the avoidant nature of like a parent. But if we don't put the effort and put the effort to be thinking and feeling differently than them, then even with our best intentions, it probably won't succeed. Again, if we create these like environments that we believe would be supportive to what we wanted, then um, we're still not gonna, we can create the environment, but the, the thoughts that create connection and the thoughts that create the feelings of joy are not gonna be there. I'm like, as I'm, I mean, I prepared all this information for this podcast and then as I'm reading it, I'm like, and as I'm like, going back through my notes, I'm just like even thinking of new things even now um, that I want to share with you guys. So um, yeah, so I'll give you um, a per another personal example. So before I found coaching, I spent the first few years of my child's life doing things so he would quote unquote, be sure to feel loved and happy. And I would spend all of my time kind of critiquing my parenting and worrying about his uncomfortable emotions, thinking that like, you know, I remember like having arguments with my husband, like I don't get very much time with him and I want the time that we have with him to be good all the time, right? Like realizing that like that's just not really realistic and also making it mean that I was doing something wrong, right? Worrying that it would create disconnect between us, which was like our, my biggest fear. But in doing so, again, I was, I was exhausted. I was emotionally absent. I was preoccupied in my own head about what kind of parent I was and how I was making my child feel and what it meant for him and his emotional well-being and our relationship, and which again was the most important thing in the world to me. And all of the while, I think it led to relationship fracture and disconnect, which is exactly the thing that I was trying to avoid. I was spending so much time trying to adjust the circumstances of the, circum of the situation, thinking that if circumstances were perfect, that my child would never have to feel sad and unwanted. 
and he would be a more happy child. I mean, I named him Jovi for God's sakes, like he, which is derived from the word jovial. Okay. All I wanted was for him to be a happy kiddo. And yet at the same time, I was struggling and not really creating the relationship that I wanted with him. And I realized that strong relationships with your children are not without uncomfortable emotions and repair. And that my kid can cry and I can be a good mom. That my kid can be upset that I also take a little bit of time for myself. And I can, my kid can be okay and I can be okay. That my relationship with my kid can ebb and flow. That it's 50-50, you know? And sometimes I'm the number one and sometimes I'm not and that's okay. And I can be who my child needs when he wants me. And I'm doing the best that I can. And I want to show up for my kid this way. And finally... I think I started believing that I can enjoy my kid and my life simultaneously. They are not like mutually exclusive. I think I had this other story that like I needed a certain amount of personal time in order to be happy and in order to be present with my kid because of the stories that I'd spun from myself as a child and what I kind of noticed. And I was like, oh, well, I just need enough time to myself in order to be able to be emotionally available for my kid. But really... Like, I'm able to be emotionally available for my kid at any time. At any time, regardless of the circumstance. I don't need that personal time in order to create that. Like, I'm not dependent on it. And I also do choose to have it still. And not because I need it to be, have like, I mean, I, I enjoy it for my own personal introvertness. I really regroup just being alone with myself in the garden. Um, but at the same time, it's like, I kind of had this story, like, okay, like, like this is fun and this isn't fun, which is like, so, so silly. You know, it's like only, you know, again, when I found coaching, I was like, oh, I can, I, I can have fun. I can, I can have fun with my kid. Like, of course I can. Like now I have so much fun with my kid. He's like the best. But it was like I couldn't, it's like I couldn't find, it was, I, I had a hard time, I think, finding joy in parenting in the moment for a while, to be honest. There were bits and pieces, there were parts and pieces, but like I think the, his uncomfortable emotions I had a hard time with until I got more comfortable with my own emotions. And I was in my head so much about my abilities as a mother that it really distracted from any joy that I could find. And now it's like, I find joy, I think, um, I f what I realize now is that like being with him and being connected to him is by far the most happy and fulfilled that I am. Even when he's having a hit tantrum, even when he's having a hard time, even when he's pushing boundaries, like being there for him through those tough times is like exactly what he needs and exactly the mom that I want to be. And having like a sturdy and unwavering parent who can like love and go in on our relationship, even when he's having the hardest time, that like happiness isn't without uncomfortable emotions. Again, our kid will experience the 50-50 of life regardless of their circumstance. And it's our job to help them navigate those especially uncomfortable emotions that they might have a hard time feeling. And being able to be at peace with and willing to tolerate certain discomfort, like that's where they grow and develop and find happiness in what they have. So yeah, those are like two pretty 
major breakthroughs, I'd, I'd say. Those are like some, some pretty, that's some pretty heavy stuff. Um, but don't worry, there's more. <laughs> because I'm also in the middle of like another mindset shift um, from this quote from Adam Clear, the, atomic, the author of Atomic Habits, um, while he was on an interview with Dr. Becky um, in her podcast. And he was like, a true test of mental strength is how you handle uncertainty. And I think that there's actually a different version of mental toughness, which is flexibility, adaptability, the mindset of I can work with this and it doesn't matter what I am doing and who I am with, I can still be happy. It doesn't matter what resources I have, I can make this work. And that actually, I think, a much more resilient mindset, especially as a parent, like the greatest form of mental toughness is the ability to handle uncertainty. It is not the ability to prepare for every scenario. And like, I listened to that, I read it, I had to get the transcript, I had to get the quote from Adam Clear, because I was just like, holy fucking shit. I spent so much of my life trying to prepare for every scenario to avoid any kind of uncertain discomfort. <laughs> and it's like, what's what the mindset I want to be in now is like, I can make anything work. We can find happiness in anything. Like we were doing on a car ride to, we've taken a lot of long car trips. My kiddo is amazing in the car. He's so fun. And he's just like, and I'm thinking like other people be like, oh my God, 13 hours with a kid in a car. Like that's going to be terrible. And my, my, my kid's just like, um, I can't wait to have fun in the car. <laughs> Cause we're like telling jokes and we're watching clone wars and we're, you know, we're, we're rebels of the time or Mandalorian. I forget what we were watching. You know, we were like doing art and looking outside and playing I spy. And it was like, that was time for us to have fun and to be connected. Like we can have fun even when we're dealing with something that might not be super fun, right? Like, and it's just so interesting. And it, yeah, of course you can like prepare ahead. You can like bring snacks and you can like bring things to do. Like, of course, like as any type A parent, you're going to do all of that. But at the same time, it's like, I just love this quote. Like the greatest form of mental toughness is the ability to handle uncertainty. And I think when we like break away from trying to control everything and just know like, I'm going to figure this out. It is going to be okay, no matter what. I feel so much better than thinking that I can control everything because I can't. None of us can. And we can find happiness in anything. So that was like another kind of little shift. And I think as I think about my kid, it's like I want my kid to be resilient. I want my kid to be flexible in his mindset. I want to be a family that can find joy in simple moments and day-to-day moments and sometimes this like mundane but so special moments of my Lie of our lives. Like I want my kid to know I can probably find fun no matter what. I, I can be connected to my parent no matter what. I want my kid to know that. And I mean, I remember thinking like, I don't know what the fuck was my going on in my brain before coaching. Like seriously, it was ridiculous. Like I remember looking at my husband who's amazing and it's like, he can be connected to my kid if he is emptying the dishwasher or making lunches, or doing any of that. And for so long, I held on to the story. Like, I can't, I can't, I can't do multitask that. Like, it's one or the other. I can't do both. 
And he's just like, and he grew up in a big family. He's got five kids. He's got an amazing mom, amazing dad. Or, um, you know, they're just such a lovely family. And um, I just remember being so like, how do you do that? Like, how does this happen? Because I don't really feel like that was like super modeled for me growing up. Like it was like, I need to do all these chores and then I can pay attention to you. Like I can do, I need to do all these chores and then I can like be connected to you. And so I've tried to like shift that. I'm like, okay, like I can like prep Jovi's lunch and just like give him a little smile, give him a little wink, which he's winking now. And it's so cute watching a five-year-old wink, by the way. It's like adorable. Um, you know, like I can like chat with him. I can like, he can be like doing some art and we can be like doing stuff together. We can be planning lunches together. He can be helping me, you know, like I used to believe that my ability to connect with my kid required me to have like, it was like one or the other and not both. And now it's like, I can just enjoy being in the present moment, enjoy all the little things and find joy in every little bit. Um, so I think that's pretty cool. Another breakthrough I had was like this concept of like who we are and what do we really want. And as I was editing this content, I felt like it was like repetitive, but I didn't know how to unedit it because it was just all the content was really important. And so if I repeat myself, I'm sorry, but I do think it is, this is pretty, this is pretty deep right here. So I came through all this work, I came to realize that I didn't really know myself or my desires, my like true desires in life. Yeah, which is kind of crazy because I'm like 38 years old and like now I'm like, oh, wow. I mean, I think I had like bits and pieces, but I didn't really, I don't think I put all the pieces together until recently. So all I knew, especially when like 40 pounds ago, was like that food made me feel good. And that was a ton of bricks that kind of hit me. I knew, like, I knew I liked going out to dinner. I knew I liked going to breweries. I knew I liked drinking wine. Like, but I didn't really know what other desires I, like, had beyond that. And, like, who I was beyond that. And it was just like, oh, wow. All I know is that food is, like, a lot of joy for me. And... I kind of came to this realization. So that was like a big mind fuck. And then I came to realize, and this is like another major breakthrough, that like when you are a product or even a partial product of fear or shame or guilt-based discipline, either in parenting and from a teacher, from, a, you know, a, a, a any kind of teacher, make it like a coach or something, right? If you're, if you're even from society, right? If you're being like fear or shame or guilt, guilted into doing something or, and your like attachment and authenticity is constantly threatened. When you are constantly operating for someone else's like approval or to preserve attachment or to receive praise or pride, for example, like, it's no wonder we look to food and booze to feel better because we, I really don't think we have any idea who we are and what we really want. We've kind of spent our entire lives to avoid shame or guilt, right, or fear, <laughs> and to seek praise and approval and to preserve attachment. So as a result, it's like our lives boil down to becoming people who please others to keep people happy, 
or to do this because we think we should with no real understanding of who we are or what we really want. And I think this shows up in weight loss in several ways, but two I think are most profound. When we're operating, who are when we are people who are operating to receive praise and attention and to preserve love and attachment, we become people who are doing things from a place of should or like ought to because it's what we've kind of been socialized to believe is what will keep us in good standing to the people who are important to us with no real regard of our true wants or needs. And operating from this place, it's like we're humans, but we're not really living our own human experience. And it's uncomfortable. Like, I can't tell you how many people I've coached that are just like, well, isn't that what I'm supposed to do? Isn't that what I should do? And it's like, it's really uncomfortable being a human, not really sure who you are or what you really want under your own skin. And food and booze help make that experience feel a lot better temporarily when you're so unsettled about who you are and what you should be doing. And like the place that you're operating are from is constantly in a place of like people pleasing gosh, our lives feel uncomfortable, right? It's like no wonder we go to food and booze. And then I also see it when people are trying to lose weight to seek praise and approval of others around us. This like, you look so great, you lost weight, or even just aiming for like a certain weight for what society or like stupid marketing and media portrays as ideal. Like it's created this goal and this drive for weight loss that is not fueled by your own wants for yourself, but by the dopamine you receive from praise and the comfort of knowing you are a size everyone else thinks is beautiful. But it's not what you want deep down. And maybe if you didn't have social media or diet culture influencing you, you would actually be happy with your current weight and your current relationship with food. Um, so yeah, just let that little piece sink in right there. I mean, I think in both situations, you aren't thinking for yourself. Your weight loss journey is fueled by external factors, like not your own internal motivations. And so the questions that I have for you are like, who are you in your life? Is this the life you created for yourself on purpose based on thoughts that you have truly? And how do you feel about where you are? Are you operating in your life and spending time doing things that you want to do and to enjoy. I know sometimes we have to do some things that we don't want to do and are make us uncomfortable and don't enjoy as much. That's like part of the 50-50. But do we also just like want to do them? Is it how we want to show up as like a parent or a spouse as your own best friend? Like ultimately, are you living as you want to be as your true authentic self? And finally, why do you want to lose weight or be at a certain body size? Is this grounded in your own desires or what you believe someone else's desires might be or society's desires or for the approval or praise or attention? Like, fuck all of that. What is it that you really want for yourself in your life when it comes to your health, when it comes to your weight, when it comes to your ability to move your body? I want you to consider how much of this journey is fueled by external motivating factors and how much it is fueled by your own internal motivating factors. We have to do this because it's what we really want for ourselves, for our own internal motivation. If you weren't losing weight permanently for praise, approval, or attention that makes us feel good, what would you be losing it for? 
that is what we need to hold on to. That is where we need to be focusing our attention in this process because being dependent on other people's praise and approval and attention to fuel our motivation for weight loss is not the place to be. Plus, it puts a lot of responsibility on your ability to feel good about yourself in other people's hands based on other people's actions and other people's words. Is that where you want to be? Or do you want to know that you can feel good about yourself now and all of the time? You can be proud of yourself now. You can approve and praise yourself and give yourself lots and lots of attention now. You are worthy of all of that now. And the more motivated and fueled by your own internal motivation, the better this journey will be. The more solidified your long-term success will be because it's totally fueled by you your wants and desires for yourself, your body, and your future. Whew, goodness gracious. Um, I think that might be it. I'm going to pause right and I'm back. So yeah, I think it all kind of comes full circle. Like, we don't even know ourselves. We don't even know what our real desires are. We're so influenced by the external world that we like don't know a lot of times. We don't know who we are, what we really want. And it's no wonder that we're just like lost in this world doing all the things we think we should be doing or being this person we think we should be. And it's no wonder that we're like in the pantry because we also have no fucking idea of what actually brings us joy right? <laughs> like, so no wonder we turn to food kind of living in this space. Like I said, it's uneasy. It's uncomfortable. Food makes us feel at peace with our decisions. It distracts us from these uncomfortable feelings. And it's the one thing we grow to know that we really want and makes us feel good in the moment. And that is a hard relationship to break up with until you really start to figure out who you are, what you really want, and what actually makes you happy. Whew. So I think that's enough for today. I love you guys. Thank you for listening. And I will see you next time. Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of Weight Loss for Busy CRNA Moms. Make sure to subscribe to the show so you don't miss out on our upcoming episodes. And if you like what I shared today, you should also check out weightlossbybrittany.com for even more great weight loss tips, some of my favorite recipes and mindset tools that I use to lose 40 pounds. Once there, you can also book a free consultation with me, Brittany Kolb, your certified life and weight loss coach.